Will miracles ever cease? The Islanders win a game in a shootout, a big two points over the Washington Capitals. We have our key takeaways from the game and answer some of your email questions. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everyone for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey with fellow Islander fans game time or any time. Well, you know, they say that miracles don't happen anymore. I think one just happened last night as the New York Islanders defeated the Washington Capitals 2-1 to one in a shootout. Yeah, in a shootout, that is the first time that the Islanders have actually won a shootout all season long. They are now... Uh, one and five in shootouts and actually scored twice in the shootout last night, which is one more goal than they had in all of the first five times they were in a shootout combined. So big, big two points. And it got even bigger because Florida scored in the last minute of regulation and then beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime. So even on those rare occasions when Islander fans want John Tavares and company to do something good to help them, they let you down. But you know what? If the Islanders keep on winning, it's not going to matter. This was, you know, a a very entertaining hockey game in spite of the fact that it was only 1-1 after 65 minutes of, uh, of play. And then you had to go to the glorified skills competition to get that 
bonus point. But, you know, other than the first period, I think the Islanders played pretty well. In the first period, they only had three shots on goal. That wasn't going to get the job done. Did not uh, look very, very good. Although defensively, they were okay. Didn't allow too many really high danger chances. And then after that, I, I think the Islanders just played uh, a solid game. Look, Pierre Engvall gets the only Islanders goal in the 65 minutes of play. He has 17 goals on the year, has a chance, if he continues to play well, of reaching 20 goals, which I don't think a lot of people had him penciled in for this year. And, you know, Brock Nelson, another assist. And, hey, got to give a shout-out to Alexander Romanov, who did have an assist in this game. But Romanov has really played better hockey, I'm going to say, over the last 20 games or so. You know, he had his shaky moments in the first half of the season, maybe even a little more, getting used to the Islanders' system, uh, probably not matched up with an ideal partner, but now he really is delivering some hits, playing well in his own zone, and even occasionally pitching in with the offense. The only goal allowed by Ilya Sorokin in this game kind of, you know, one of those that you can't blame the goalie for. The Islanders had uh, lost two 50-50 puck battles in their own zone, and then the puck kind of took a strange bounce and deflected in past uh, Sorokin onto the stick of, well, first onto the stick of Connor Sheary, and then in off a skate and into the net. So can't really blame Sorokin for that goal, and that was it. That was the only goal that the Capitals managed all game. And, you know, in spite of being outshot 10-3 to in the first period, the Islanders end up outshooting the Capitals 29-26 to for the game. So after a very sluggish start, the Islanders kind of picked it up. And the third period was by far the Islanders' best period and the most entertaining period. Because through 40 minutes, the Islanders had... Only 10 shots on goal. And then they added 16 in the third period. Excuse me, 19 uh, in the third period and and overtime where they really came out and did a solid job. Uh, I will say uh, the Islanders did get a little bit fortunate in this game. Uh, Not a lot of penalties called in this game, but boy did... Scott Mayfield kind of get away with one. He could have had a boarding penalty, but ended up, you know, there was a roughing call. Uh, Nicholas Aubé-Coubel went after Mayfield after the boarding hit, and Mayfield got two minutes. Aubé-Coubel got two minutes for roughing, but Mayfield, too, for boarding, didn't get a roughing penalty on top of it, and that allowed things to even out. The Islanders ended up with the only power play of the game, with, what, 28 seconds left in overtime when Tom Wilson was called for a flagrant trip. But overall, physical hockey, entertaining hockey, after the first period especially, and a huge time for the Islanders to come up big in the shootout. And the shootout was great because, you know, Kuznetsov comes in to open the shootout, goes about one mile an hour, takes... 
probably about 12 seconds to get down the ice to, to, to shoot, but makes a great move. Outlast Sorokin beats him. That's one nothing Capitals. And you could hear Islander fans everywhere saying, here we go again, shootout, because Sorokin, as great as he is, is not great in shootouts. He's not awful, but he's not Ilya Sorokin or doesn't play at the same high level that he usually plays during regular play. So then you're like, oh, no, we're in trouble. But Bo Horvat comes down and ties it. And then Sorokin stops TJ Oshie, who is one of the best shootout guys in the league. And then Palmieri comes and makes a great move to score again. And then the big stop on Nicholas Backstrom by Sorokin. And the Islanders have the win. And now it's a two-game winning streak. But more importantly... You look at where the Islanders are in the standings right now. And, you know, time is kind of winding down on this season. The Islanders have six games left. But right now they are five points ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have two games in hand, but even if they win them both, can only get four points, can't catch the Islanders that way. The Florida Panthers, as we mentioned, won, which means the Islanders getting that second point even more important. But even the Panthers, six points behind the Islanders. They have one game in hand. No doubt that the Islanders have their own destiny in their hands and at a half point as of right now to the standings because the first tiebreaker, regulation wins. Islanders have 38 Pittsburgh and Florida, both with 35. So if the Islanders tie either of those teams, uh, right now at least, they have a nice little edge on tiebreakers. And that is even bigger reason for encouragement for the New York Islanders. Let's hope, let's hope that the Islanders find a way to get this done and and close it out and maybe, just maybe, avoid the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs by being the first wild card. But we will keep you posted every step of the way. We've got more to get to on today's show. We're going to break down uh, our unsung hero and goat of this game and a little more analysis for you as well. Plus, We're going to answer a couple of your email questions, and we go all the way back to the early days of the Islanders for our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And listen to these great flavors. You got your peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, churro. I love the cookies and cream. That's my favorite. And not only do they taste great, but listen to these macros. Each Built Bar averages only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but they pop, but they have a whopping 17 grams of protein. And look, We've been telling you you can go to Built.com and order a box and have it delivered directly to your door. And you can still do that at Built.com. But if you want to pick up a Built Bar right now, 
Just head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. You can go buy a box of Built Bars there. So check out Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club. You can thank me later. So a couple of other things. You know, the Islanders' power play can't say much about it. They only were out there for 28 seconds. Uh, there was a late hit in this, uh, 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 or a, a questionable hit, by Alexander Ovechkin late in this game on Adam Pellick. Pellick shaken up. He clearly wasn't expecting it. It was a little bit high. I don't think it was a headshot. But at the end of the hit, uh, Ovechkin gives him a little extra shove in the it, it, around the visor area, and that kind of, you know, made his head hit the boards and his back hit the boards in a in a awkward and funky kind of a way. Um, and look, it was what like a, a, about two three minutes left in the game when that hit took place. Islanders did not respond, and I think uh, even though you really wanted to answer back that that was a wise move because, first of all, if you hit Alex Ovechkin, that's going to get called. And you know Ovi isn't going to get called. He's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. But if you try to retaliate and send that message, hey, you can't do that to out one of our top defensemen, you know that you, know, you touch Alexander Ovechkin in any questionable way whatsoever. Uh you're going to get called for a penalty and maybe even for a suspension if it's too flagrant. The best revenge, as they say, is living well, and I think the Islanders did the right thing by waiting and winning the game, and that, you know, that that's all you could ask for because, let's face it, the Capitals right now are more or less done. If they weren't done before this game, uh, Safe to say they are done now. They're 10 points behind the Islanders with eight games to go. So I don't think you have to worry too much. Oh, and regulation wins. There's six regulation wins behind the Isles. So I, I don't think you have to worry too much about that. And as of right now, um, you know, that's the best revenge. The Caps are done. But disappointed with that. Uh the other thing that I kind of noticed a little bit uh, disappointing when you look at the line combinations, they kept all the lines the same, no changes in the lineup. And again, where's the offense come from? Nelson Engvall and Palmieri. I think the identity line played exceptionally well. Casey Sezikis, four shots on goal. He was aggressive. He was fast. I, I, I think he played a really, really strong game for the Islanders. And again, Horvat, Parise, and Fashing didn't get a lot done. But my concern, again, the Islanders pairing Dobson and Bolduc out there. And Bolduc didn't play all that much. He was only on the ice for 12 and minutes and 20 seconds in this game. And, and Dobson was with Mayfield a little bit. And, you know, they mixed it up toward the end. But I, I just want, I, I don't know. I, I don't have confidence in Dobson on, in the defensive zone. And in overtime, I think he was out there for like two minutes and just couldn't get off the ice. And at the end of that shift, he had a chance with the puck but had no gas left in the tank. I, I am really not pleased with the regression defensively 
that Noah Dobson has had this year. And to me, you got to put Noah Dobson out there with Pellick or Pulak when the game is on the line, when it's tight, when, you know, you're up 5-1. Yeah, you know, the game is in hand. You could put him out there with Bolduke and not worry about it. But Bolduke is still learning. And he didn't play badly. He had a block shot, three three hits, uh, and, and, you know, did his job more or less. But right now, Dobson in his own zone still makes me nervous, and I'd like to see him matched up with either Pellick or Pollock out there uh, on the ice, if at all possible. Now, as far as our unsung hero, I could go with Zizekas, but I think he was so obviously one of the better players on the ice and in such a low-scoring game, I don't know if I would call him unsung. So I'm going to go with J.G. Pajot. Uh, even though the graphics on TNT said he was John Gabriel Pajot, Jean Gabriel Pajot uh, basically had four hits, played 17 minutes, 29 seconds of ice time, third among Islanders players, took two shots, had a couple of nice passes, and Won 13 out of 17 faceoffs. Uh, so to me, those kind of contributions earn him the unsung hero of the game. And and go to the game. You know, I I don't know if I have a, a player that I can sort of point out as having played that poorly. Uh, not gonna go with a player. I'm just gonna say that the Islanders' first period performance offensively was absolutely dreadful and that is going to be my goat of the game when you get three shots on goal in a period uh you're doing something not right and that to me is the problem that the islanders kind of had in this game but overall you got to be happy two big points you're sitting in a in a Good spot in the standings. And now, here's the good part. The Islanders have a little bit more time off. They don't play until Saturday night when they're in Tampa Bay. Then they have a game Sunday in Carolina. So, two good teams on the road, back-to-back nights. Not going to be easy, but that will close out this three-game road trip. And hopefully the Islanders find a way to get it done, and you know what? Get me two points out of those two games, and I think we're going to be more than okay, depending on how the schedule breaks down over the next few days as far as what Pittsburgh does tonight and and how Pittsburgh and Florida really fare between now and the, uh, you know, Saturday and Sunday's games. We'll see how that goes. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll talk about uh, one of the top defensemen who's now a free agent coming out of college. Islanders have been linked to him. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll answer a couple of your email questions, all that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, 
FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. And yeah, you can use your knowledge of the Islanders on FanDuel as well. Check out the odds for Saturday's game in Tampa. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So, a little bit of uh, news out there, and it's more rumors at this point. But uh, with the Frozen Four coming up very soon and college hockey's season coming to an end, the Islanders yet to sign any of these uh, players. We talked earlier uh, about signing a couple of former draft picks to tryouts with the AHL Bridgeport Islanders. But now, according to a report, uh, the Islanders may be looking at the NCHC Defenseman of the Year nominee, Aiden Fulp, who plays at Western Michigan. And he played three years there, 97 games. He is a big guy, six foot three. 209 pounds, a native of Westfield, Indiana. And, you know, he is basically, he was a finalist, one of the three finalists to win that NCHC Conference Defenseman of the Year. Scored two goals and had 15 points in 38 games. But again, he is uh, more of a defensive guy, a guy with size, and the Islanders can certainly use somebody who fits that description, and we'll see whether or not they end up signing him. So, again, rumor out there that Aiden Fulp, uh, the Islanders are the front runner to, to, to sign him, and we'll see whether or not they are able to land him. Now, we got a couple of uh, email questions. This one coming first. Uh, from Connor, Connor says, I'm a big fan of the show and I love your book, Ice Wars. Thank you, Connor. Do you think it would be more beneficial for the Islanders to roll with Ryan Pollock on the top power play rather than Noah Dobson? Noah has been impressive offensively this year, but I feel like he gives up too many shorthanded opportunities that Pollock would not let happen. Also, Dobson doesn't have much of a slap shot during the power play. We should have more slap shots from the point to draw those penalty killers away from the net, and that'll open up more opportunities for guys like Horvat or Palmieri. Polak does have a nice blast, so you think it would be worth a try. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Connor, first of all, thank you for the email and for the kind words, and yeah, I think it is worth a try. We have seen too many shorthanded goals against, and shorthanded scoring chances given up by the Islanders. And, you know, you you got to give it a try at this point. There's nothing to lose. Obviously, what you've been doing isn't working. And you're right about, you know, the slap shot. The only concern I would have about Pol- uh, Pollock's slap shot is he's not always accurate with it. He can blast it, 
but he doesn't always hit the net. And, you know, if one of those shots hits the boards or the glass, funny, if it goes wide, that too could result in a, a scoring opportunity the other way. But Pollock is much better able to handle it because of his size and his defensive skill than Noah Dobson is. So overall, I think that would be a wise move for the Islanders to at least try and practice, if not in a game. Look, you got six games left in the regular season. Give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, don't go back to it in the playoffs. And I'll say this. If the Islanders do clinch a playoff berth, let's say with two games left in the season, they darn well better try it because they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. This next one comes from Bill in Austin, Texas, but as he writes, originally from Long Island. Uh, right now, we have 12 forwards under contract, three pending UFAs in Parise, Engvall, and Fashing, plus Oliver Wallstrom, who is injured. That is... 16 NHL-capable forwards. Uh, we also have three guys in Bridgeport who theoretically could have uh, take the next step, Durando, Iskakov, and Dufour. That's 19 guys for 14 spots, 12 forwards and two reserves. Uh, who's in and who's out for next year, thinking buyouts, wave, uh, waivers required, uh, not signed, people let go, etc.? Thanks. Love the pod. Bill, thank you for the kind words and for listening and for the email. I think you got a lot of choices here. Uh, I would not be surprised if if they re-sign Parise to one more one-year deal. I would love to see Engvall and Fashing both back as well. I think based on the way they've played this year, those three guys have earned it. Uh, I, I think Wallstrom probably is, uh, if he's healthy, he's ready to play. I think Josh Bailey, unfortunately, uh, in some ways, is a buyout candidate. I think either Cal Clutterbuck or Matt Martin may be buyout candidates. And then, you know, you're fighting for jobs. There's also the ever-present possibility of a trade where some of these guys, whether it is a Bailey or a Clutterbuck or a Martin or um, even a Simon Holmstrom, could be traded to try to clear up a little bit of roster space. Uh, but again, it's a little early to say that. But to me, out of those three, I think two of the three out of Parise, Fashing, and Engvall will be back. And I think Bailey is very unlikely to be back. And then you sort of have to go from there, but it certainly will be an interesting offseason. Uh, Bill, I'm, I'm not going to go into more depth about it now, but I guarantee you, Bill, we're going to talk about this a lot once the season is over. Hopefully that's not until May or June, but uh, we'll get to it for sure. And uh, feel free to ask again after the season is over, and we'll go into even more depth on a question like that at that point. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're a day early, but uh, basically uh, Friday is going to be the 76th birthday of former Islanders forward Tom Miller. Now, Miller would be uh, 76. He passed away September 25th of 2017. But Miller, uh, an original Islander, 
played in 69 games with the Islanders in their first season. 13 goals and 30 points. The Kitchener, Ontario native was not drafted, played at the University of Denver for one year, played 29 games with the Red Wings before joining the Islanders, and then was with the Islanders for parts of the 73-74 and 74-75 season, although he spent most of those two years in the minors. His best game as an Islander, well, we'll go to March 17, 1973, in what ended up being only the 10th win in Islanders history. Uh, Tom Miller, two goals and an assist. He was a plus two in this game and had four shots on goal, which tied him with Billy Harris for the team lead. 32 saves for Jerry Desjardins as the Islanders beat the St. Louis Blues at the Old Barn 6-4. to four. So Tom Miller is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and um, certainly uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, a happy birthday uh, in heaven. But uh, Tom Miller uh, would have been 76 on Saturday. We will be back tomorrow. We will preview both of this weekend's big games, and we'll have the latest news on all of your uh, injured Islanders, including Matthew Barzal. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, enjoy the win, and of course, let's go Islanders.